It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show, and happy Thanksgiving. That's right, as we're sitting down at the table, we're carving that turkey, we're sitting there thinking about all the different things we're thankful for, from friends, family, food, clothing, you name it, whatever you are thankful for, we are celebrating it here this week at Diz Radio, full of heart, full of thankfulness, and so many things, as we have none other than Caitlin Black from Heart of Dixie stopping in here at the show. Now, Caitlin Caitlin Black, you may know from such shows like Raising Hope, as well as Heart of Dixie, and many other things, is going to stop in and talk about what it's like being part of this great show full of hearts, small towns, great stories, possibly becoming a Disney princess, and so many other things. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team, and no Thanksgiving, because the D-Team truly does make it, and you have the questions, and he has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We have Dominic back, who's going to be exploring even further into the Disney Plus streaming platform. We have Randy back with the latest from Disney Multimedia for your Androids, your iPhones, the device of your choosing with gaming and fun with Disney Multimedia. We have Frank here with the Disney Quotes of the Week, giving you a little bit of inspiration and fun from the Walt Disney Archives, as well as Caitlin, who's delving deep into the wonderful women of Disney, where she's going to explore and uncover all those powerful women throughout the Disney company. And let's not forget music, because no celebration is ever complete without music, and we have Charles back with a magical music review. So we have all kinds of fun here at the show this week, lots of great things, and I'm going to keep it fun, lighthearted, and full of all kinds of hearts, because it is truly Thanksgiving here at Diz Radio. Yes, we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary. We are full of heart, full of love, and full of all kinds of great things here at the show. I myself am thankful for so many different things, so many different memories, my children, my family. I mean, just so many different things. So before we jump into this week's show, kick things off here when you can sit back and remember when all the different moments from all the different things that happened here this week and throughout your life. I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. From dining reservations, character interactions, you name it, they have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers and so much more. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, as we take that look back, we're going to think about all those moments, all those things to be thankful for, as our Thanksgiving show is here, and it is full of heart and fun here this week, so you can sit back, remember when, and so many other things. So let's officially kick off our Thanksgiving edition here at Diz Radio for show number 229 for the week of November 28th, 2019. Now for my part on this presentation... I've been asked to tell you how Disneyland evolved from a dream to a reality. Now, we've made a lot of changes through the years, but this still remains the basic plan. Do you remember your imagination? 
ocean would never land was your destination. Your magical adventure is over yet. Just hold on tight and don't forget. Happy place. Welcome. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron. I wanted to share with you what I am thankful for this year. Thankful for my family and for their health. Thankful for my friends I have in my life. I'm also thankful for my second family, the D-Team. It's nice to have like-minded people that understand you and have your back. And as always, I am thankful for you D-Heads that listen to the show and give me an outlet for my Disney obsession. Hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving and gets to spend time with the ones they love. And no Thanksgiving is complete without the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, watching a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, watching football, and of course, eating way too much. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. 
a thankful heart, with an endless joy, with a growing family, every girl and boy will be nephew and niece to me. Nephew and niece to me. We'll bring love, hope and peace to me. Yes, and every night will end, and every day will start with a grateful prayer and a thankful heart. With an open smile and with open doors, I will bid you welcome. What is mine is yours. With a glass raised to toast your health. With a glass raised to toast your health. And a promise to share the wealth. Promise to share the wealth. I will sail a friendly course, file a friendly chart. On a sea of love and a thankful heart Life is like a journey Who knows when it ends Yes, and if you need to know The measure of a man You simply count his friends Stop and look around you glory that you see is born again each day don't let it slip away how precious life can be with a thankful heart that is wide awake I do make this promise every breath I take will be used now to sing your praise and to beg you to share my day a loving guarantee that even if we part, I'll hold you close in a thankful heart. I will hold you close in a thankful heart. Hello, my name is Irene Bedard, the speaking voice of Disney's Pocahontas. And you are listening to Diz Radio. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 229 for the week of November 28th, 2019, as we are celebrating Thanksgiving here at Diz Radio. Yes, all the different things to be thankful for, all the different things, highs, lows, big, small, you name it, all the different ways to be thankful, full of heart and full of love. And to help us celebrate all that heart, love, and thankfulness, we have none other than Caitlin Black from Heart of Dixie stopping in here this week to celebrate with all of you D-heads. We also have the D-team with Aaron, Dominic, Randy, Frank, Charles, and Caitlin all stopping in here to celebrate as well as part of the D-team. And of course, you all the D-heads stopping in here this week to celebrate the holidays as well. So before we jump into news hot off the D-wire, which mind you, news might be a little bit different here this week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. 
Facebook.com. You can also join us on all the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Diz Radio Show. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical different kind of Disney show. And if you need to hear the magic in your ears right away, it's super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your iPhone, your Android, the device of your choosing. You can listen to the shows as soon as they get released every single week. Listen to them in your cubicle at work, in your car, you name it. Just go there, hit subscribe. And if you can't remember any of this, as I always say, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. So, all of you D-heads, before I jump into all the different things I'm going to talk about here during the news segment, I do also want to mention that next week we are kicking off our ninth annual Very Merry Christmas celebration. So next week, we have a very special guest that's going to be stopping in. And I'm going to clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week at the end of the show, like always. So definitely listen to our show all the way through to the end. But I'm going to give a little bit of a hint. It does have a little bit about Life Day and maybe a little bit about bounty hunting. I'm going to leave it at that. So next week, we're kicking off our ninth annual month-long Very Merry Christmas celebration. So get ready for that. So all of you D-heads, as we're here, it's the mist of Thanksgiving, right? All the different things to be thankful for. Show number 229, we have Caitlin Black, all kinds of good things. So I'm just going to take this moment, instead of giving you news hot off the D-wire, I'm just going to say, you know, I truly am thankful for Diz Radio and all of you D-heads. It is this time, we're coming up on 10 years here at Diz Radio. 10 years 10 years. I mean, I can't even say that enough. I cannot believe we are coming up on that kind of anniversary. And I am thankful for all of you D-heads and the D-team. All the D-team. We've had many D-team over the past 10 years. Some have come, some have gone, some have come back. We have new D-team. You name it. But the D-team has always been the ones that have gone ahead and made this show happen. And the D-heads, you truly are the ones that have kept this show going for 10 years. We do this show for you. You are the backbone of the show, whether that's the emails you send us, the ways you interact, the ways when I meet all of you at our meetups, at all the different uh, trade shows, conventions, you name it. When I meet all of you face-to-face, it truly is magical. Our show is very different than any other Disney show out there, and you truly do make it magical. You are the magic. You are the ones that I truly am thankful for, and all of the D-team. Without the D-team... I always say it's me rambling week in, week out, but truly, the D-Team brings the magic to the show. I am thankful for the D-Team. Now, on a personal level, I'm thankful for a lot of different things. I've had highs. I have had lows in my life. I've had so many different things. We've all been there. Loss of jobs, family, sickness, deaths, you name it. We have had highs and lows, and I am thankful for so many different things in my life. Whether that's my marriage, my wife, my family, all of my children that I look upon. And, you know, it brings a tear to my eye just seeing them thrive, the love of life, all the different things that they grasp to. I mean, just activities and the innocence, the love, the wonder. 
Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, um, you know, all the different great moments of all these great characters that bring these things to them. You know, Santa bringing those gifts under the tree, there's nothing more magical than seeing them so excited once the big man has come. There's so many different things, you know, from the Easter Bunny, when he brings those baskets full of goodies to them. I love that. And I love that these these guys, these spiritual great guys, these, uh, you know, over-the-top beings can do this for them. And I also just... I'm thankful for all the different things that they've done in their lives, accomplishments, sports, uh, you know, the education and how smart they are, Um, the innocence, the imagination, and just so many different things I'm thankful for. Even my job. Without my job, I wouldn't be able to do anything for my family. I wouldn't be able to provide for them. So everything from the smallest bits of food, clothes on our backs, it may not be the newest, it may not be the best, But those are the things I am thankful for. The littlest things. Also, waking up in the morning. You know, little things like celebrating the holidays in the simplest of ways. You know, little family traditions. Uh, You know, going out and cutting down the Christmas tree. Even smaller than that. Who gets that first cup of vanilla eggnog? I know a lot of people are like, oh gosh, no. But you know, in our house, who gets that first glass of vanilla eggnog in the moose mug like like Clark Griswold, right? So it's all these little things. And it's moments like that, that as they get older and as I get older, I look back and life just really does flash before your eyes. It goes so fast. This year, I have realized how much older I am, how much older I have become. And it really did click this year. And looking back at so many different things, I miss some of those little moments. I miss those moments of the first walk, the first Thanksgivings together as a family, that first Halloween trick-or-treating with them in a stroller. But I'm also thankful for all the new things, all the new accomplishments, all the new wonder, the new excitement. You know, sitting down and watching the Imagineering story with my son, and he's fully immersed in it and loves it because he does robotics at school. It's a whole new way to be thankful and thankful for these moments. So getting off my, my, my uh, stool here, getting off of all those different things, you know, I, I don't want to have the show go too long for everybody, you know, watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, maybe watching football games all day or uh, making that pie. However you celebrate Thanksgiving, I want you to be able to go out there and celebrate it. Enjoy this show. In fact, even shut off the show. Turn it back on. After you're done with your Thanksgiving, when you're just looking for that downtime or driving back from your destination. But I just want to say I am thankful for many different things. I'm thankful for you, the D-Heads. I'm thankful for the D-Team. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for life. I am just all around truly, truly thankful. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times where you really put life in perspective. And I, I can't say that more than enough. You put life in perspective. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. I say that every week at the close of the show. And right now, this week, there is never a more dear time to say it. Full of heart, full of love. So as we press on here, as we continue on with show number 229 for the week of November 28th, 2019, I'm going to leave you with a song that always brings a tear to my eye. Always has, always will. And as a father, it still brings that tear to my eye. I'm thankful for children, my family, my friends, and everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, all VD heads.
If it weren't for kids, have you ever thought There wouldn't be no Santa Claus Or look what the stork just brought Thank God for kids And we'd all live in a quiet house Without a Big Bird or a Mickey Mouse And Kool-Aid on the couch Thank God for kids Thank God for kids There's magic for a while A special kind of sunshine And a smile Do you ever stop to think Or wonder why The dearest thing is a child Daddy, how does this thing fly? And a hundred other where's and why I really don't know, but I try Thank God for kids And when I look down in those trusting eyes That look to me, I realize There's love that I can't buy Thank God for kids Thank God for kids, there's magic for a while A special kind of sunshine and a smile Do you ever stop to think or wonder why The nearest thing to heaven is a child When you get down on your knees tonight Thank the Lord for His guiding light And pray they'll turn out right Thank God for kids Thank God for kids and their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk right down that this could be the room of any small boy but it happens to belong to Christopher Robin like most small boys Christopher Robin has many stuffed animal friends now his best friend is a certain little bear and together they had many remarkable adventures in an enchanted place called the Hundred Acre Wood. And here our story begins on an especially special day, a most joyful day, when we find ourselves feeling just a bit more thankful that things are as they are and we have what we have. A day for celebration, for coming together. And there was none who looked forward to this wonderful time more than the bear named Winnie the Pooh. Hello everybody, this is Frank bringing you another installment of Disney's Quote of the Week. Now it was only fitting that this week be in Thanksgiving, that today's Quote of the Week comes from the movie Pocahontas. Now Pocahontas is the titular protagonist of Disney's 1995 animated feature film of the same name and its 1998 sequel. 
She is the daughter of Chief Powhatan, the leader of the Native American tribe in Virginia, with a willfully bold spirit. Pocahontas formed a f forbidden friendship with an English settler named John Smith, with whom she will fall in love with. Unfortunately, a difference in values sparks a war between the natives and settlers, endangering Pocahontas' home, and inspired by her love for John, Pocahontas is driven to bring unity to the two worlds before a battle can unfold. Now, Pocahontas is the seventh official Disney princess and the first one to be based off an actual person. Today's Disney quote comes from Pocahontas. But I know every rock and tree and creature has a life, had a spirit, has a name. Well, that's all the time I have this week. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for tuning in every week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And remember, have a magical week. Fireworks show. I just wanted to say hi and uh, have some fun listening to Diz Radio. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D heads, this is Aaron. It's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and hope you get to enjoy the time with friends and family. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Michelle Stricken of Mississippi, and she writes, I want to know, I have a thought on some Disney holiday shows now that Disney Plus launched. Been bringing all the old Mickey cartoons and showing them to my kids. 
I swear there was one that took place in the fall and wanted to add it to our fall viewing before Thanksgiving or even after if you don't get to this question. I know it was a Mickey cartoon, but not sure if it is part of the new streaming or not. Any ideas? Well, I believe you're talking about the Mickey cartoon called The Little Whirlwind. It was released in 1941. The short involves Mickey's attempt to help Minnie with her yard work, despite the presence of a little twister and his much larger mother. Interesting fact about this short? The Little Whirlwind was the debut for a newly updated Mickey Mouse design. Mickey was given ears that worked in perspective in lieu of his traditional unchanging circle for ears. In addition to a slimmer body, larger head, as well as buck teeth, the latter lasting just two shorts, canine caddy was the other, and the absence of a tail. This cosmetic change was relatively short-lived it only lasted for the duration of World War II. The good news is, this short can be found on Disney+. Plus. Our next question is from Angela Karen of Colorado, and she writes, Aaron, great show, and looking forward to a full year of fun in 2020 for the 10-year anniversary. I've been listening in a D-head since day one, so thoughts on Thanksgiving. When did Mickey first appear in the Macy's Parade? And how many incarnations have happened since? I know I could Google it, but I like the thought of hearing Diz Radio answer it with my name. Well, it's always been a tradition in my family to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and the balloons are still my favorite. Mickey has appeared in the parade in four versions. The first original Mickey Mouse balloon appeared in 1934, making him the third pop culture character to have a licensed balloon in the parade. This balloon was 40 feet high, 26 feet wide, and required 25 handlers. To tie in with Macy's, Walt Disney himself recommended the balloon have a star on his chest to represent the Macy's logo. 37 years after his original balloon got retired, a second balloon, which was slightly more colorful, was created in 1971. He was scheduled to debut that parade alongside Smile to celebrate the opening of Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. However, strong winds reaching up to 60 miles per hour and heavy rain mixed together to create weather unsuitable for flying balloons, thus resulting in the only occasion in parade history where the giant balloons were grounded. As such, he started his first march in 1972 appearing alongside his pal Donald Duck. 1935, 1971, and 1972 are the only years in the parade's history where Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse both appeared in the parade together as balloons. After 17 years of absence, Mickey returned in 2000 with a band leader balloon, which led that year's balloon lineup. The design was based on Mickey's first ever color cartoon, The Band Concert which debuted in 1935. 2000 was the only year this balloon appeared. Several years later, the fourth balloon of Mickey was made depicting him as a sailor. It debuted in 2009 to celebrate the announcement of the Disney Dream and Disney Fantasy cruise ships. The balloon was retired in 2012, and we've had no new one since. So that makes a grand total of 20 appearances for the mouse. 
Our final question this week is from Brenda Capersonic of Atlanta, Georgia, and she writes, So, been going through old Pooh TV shows and movies and wanting something fall. I remember the Welcome to Pooh Corner show when I was little, and recall a Thanksgiving episode I watched from a recorded VHS for years. Do you know where I can find it? Well, Welcome to Pooh Corner is a live-action puppet television series that aired on the Disney Channel, featuring the characters from Winnie the Pooh universe, portrayed by actors in human-sized puppet suits, except Roo, who was originally a traditional puppet. The animatronic costumes used for the characters were created by Alchemy 2, Inc., headed by Ken Forsey, who later created Teddy Ruxpin. The show first aired on April 18, 1983, the day the Disney Channel was launched. It ran until 1986, and Pooh Corner Thanksgiving ran in 1983. Well, unfortunately, this episode was never officially released on DVD or VHS, but with the new Disney Plus, let's hope the series can be seen there soon. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for your great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N at DizRadio.com Make sure to include your name and say so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and happy Thanksgiving. No! My doubleberry cranberry sauce! It's ruined! Aw, Daisy, it's okay. Yeah, the food doesn't matter, but you do! We care about you. We just want to be together on Thanksgiving. There's no place I'd rather be. Hmm. Maybe you're right. I guess Thanksgiving isn't about the food. It's about all of us being together like we are every year. We're so, so grateful for what we've got. And with everyone together, we've got a lot. When we share what we have, we have everything we need. We're so, so thankful for friendship and family. My favorite Thanksgiving traditions are getting together with my whole family. Everyone makes a different dish. We always made things like, you know, apple pie. Mmm, pie. My mother's homemade mac and cheese and yams. She puts a foot in it. My favorite holiday traditions are playing board games with my family while we drink hot cocoa and yell at each other because we're cheating. I watch the parade with my family. We throw the football a lot. I play running back, receiver, quarterback. I do it all. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us at Disney Channel. Taking your first step into a larger world. You ready for this? We'll all be together at long last. You're all connected. Hello everyone, this is Dominic, and for years I did a segment here called Short Leash, and after a little break I'm back with a new segment covering Disney's long-awaited streaming service, Disney+. Plus. I'm looking for a cool name for this segment, but I've got nothing. I'm like uh, Disney Minus in the segment naming category. 
But it's been two weeks since launch and I am still finding my streaming groove. I am enjoying the originals. I checked back in with Leslie Iwerks' documentary series about the Imagineers. This time we were focusing on the aftermath of Walt's death, how that affected Disney World, the creative direction or lack thereof of the Imagineers and the company as a whole. This series is still my favorite of the new original programming. I checked out Pixar in real life and it's a fun concept. It's more like a YouTube short. The concept is taking something from Pixar and putting it in the real world for unsuspecting people to interact with. For instance, they have a prop version of the control panel from Inside Out in a park and when people press different mood buttons, planted theater troupe actors do a scene in the style of the corresponding mood that they pressed. It's a cute concept and worth checking out. As of this recording, we are now three episodes into The Mandalorian, and I still don't know if Star Wars really works as a series. I feel Star Trek works best as a series, and Star Wars works best as movies, but if I'm being honest, the Star Wars movie track record isn't that great. I'm a fan, but not a fanatic. It takes more than a Disney logo or the word Star Wars slapped onto something to make me buy in and automatically like it. It has to be, you know, good. Star Wars is like the movie version of the Lucy football gag from Peanuts. I made a cartoon about this. It's pinned to my Twitter. It's like Lucy's holding the football and she's like, hey Chuck, did you buy your Star Wars tickets yet? And Charlie Brown's like, no way. They do this every time. You know, you had Solo, The Last Jedi, two-thirds of Episode 6, Episode 1, Episode 2, 70% of Episode 3. They were terrible. 7 and 4 were the same movie. I'm not falling for it this time. Lucy's still holding the football and says, I've got four words for you, Chuck. The Empire Strikes Back. And that's enough to convince Charlie Brown. He's like, you're right, this one's going to be good. And he runs to kick the football and she just pulls it away from him. And he falls on his butt. And falls on his butt's just a metaphor for buying tickets to Rise of Skywalker. But The Mandalorian is starting to grow on me. By episode 3, the main character has made a decision to become a hero, and he's talking a little more. He does admit that he's never taken his helmet off, so... Shouldn't he have, like, a long Santa beard and mullet streaming down from under his mask? And what does his teeth look like? You can't brush or floss through a helmet. His gums have got to be part of a raw, rotting, cavity-infected incubator in there. I guess if he can't take your helmet off, he'd be drinking everything through a straw, so... Lucky for him, like West Virginia, teeth are optional. I am going to have to excuse the idea that the Mandalorian could wipe out a fortress of private security stormtroopers and a planet worth of bounty hunters, but gets his butt handed to him by a bunch of Jawas. The show's structure is starting to become a video game side quest, an intergalactic Jumanji as the Mandalorian has to get Baby Yoda, but first Nick Nolte, who looks better as a pig dwarf than actual Nick Nolte, needs to teach him how to ride a desert fish horse. Then he needs to fly home, but the Jawas put his ship on blocks and he has to defeat a space rhinoceros for a huge Cadbury egg to get his stuff back from the Jawa chop shop. It's a very serialized video game form and structure that more than anything keeps me turning back because I still don't have much reason to care about the Mandalorian other than the fact that he seems to care about a 50-year-old baby not Yoda Yoda. But like that Lucy football, I'm going to be tuning back in for episode 4. I did fire up my favorite of the Disney Star Wars movies, Rogue One. This movie is so metal. Every Darth Vader scene from the limbless stump body floating in a water-filled hamster tube in a volcanic castle to the 30 seconds of horror as Vader slashes through ping-pong ball helmeted extras like an asthmatic, emo, telekinetic Michael Myers robot. Rebels, just give him the zip drive. Meanwhile, on the planet, you have the Dirty Dozen meet Saving Private Ryan beach scene 
That Admiral Akbar that isn't Admiral Akbar, but is totally Admiral Akbar ramming Star Destroyers into each other. It's awesome, despite the continued casting of that guy from Casino Royale, Hannibal, and Doctor Strange. His accent is thicker than a Kardashian's behind, yet he gets all of the important dialogue in every film. Stop it. Chewbacca's easier to understand. Why not give all the exposition monologues to R2-D2 while you're at it? I took some time to get into the vault, and I watched Steamboat Willie, and if all you know is modern Mickey Mouse, check out the early cartoons where he's a bit of a Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer, Bart Simpson troublemaker. Also, you can imagine what it must have been like to actually hear a cartoon for the first time. I wanted to introduce my kids to Herbie, and I distinctly remember begging my parents to see Herbie Goes Bananas in the theater, so I sat the kids down and pressed play on the love bug. Man, does this flick not hold up. There was no way I was going to convince any modern child to sit through this. It was a slog. Some memories are better left in the past. It's like all those people who want Horizons back in Epcot. Sit through an old YouTube video of that ride, I dare you. It's not what you remember. If it was still opened, there would be a Reddit after Reddit after Reddit about how lame and outdated it is and when are they going to update it. Some things had their time and there's no going back. I did take a chance with the cat from outer space. Every year in elementary school, when there was a day nobody felt like teaching anymore, the staff would surrender, the kids would be brought into the no-purpose room that was the cafetornasium, and show the cat from outer space. It did hold up better than the love bug, but I'm beginning to realize that there is a period in Disney live action that is not something you enjoy so much as you endure. I'm finding that the pre-Little Mermaid Disney animation films have an easier time holding up as timeless classics versus the live action movies. The animated films aren't trapped in reality. The love bug and the cat from outer space look like the late 70s. The animated films are pure fantasy, even period pieces like Peter Pan, present an impression of London that is timeless. The whimsical special effects of the 70s now look very dated, where the animated films do not have this issue being that they're drawn. Peter Pan looks like he can fly. The dude from A Cat from Outer Space looks like he's on wires. The animated films also contain adult plots that children can also follow. The live-action movies are coming off as a bunch of slapstick gags that make a four- to six-year-old giggle, but parents just find insipid and dumb. It is becoming clear as I wade through the vault that there is a difference between Disney classics and Disney movies. Some movies, animated or otherwise, manage to maintain their relevance and timeless entertainment value, while others have Don Knox falling down. It's evident that cartoons seem to make better cartoons than people acting cartoonish. All in all, is a mixed bag this week on Disney+, Plus, but I'm still loving the service, and I'll continue to report back each week with some Disney Plus watching reviews and more. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or something that you would like me to cover from Disney+. Plus. Reach out at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I can also be found on Twitter at WDWPlantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. If you want to see snarky cartoons about Disney World, that's where you go. That's it for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Watch all the flowers dance with the wind. Listen to snowflakes whisper your name. Feel all the wonder lifting your dreams. You can
Son and my daughter are missing. This is by far the coolest vacation ever. Dad's gonna kill me. Jim Henson's Turkey Hollow premieres Saturday, November 21st at 8. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with the Wonderful Women of Disney, a new segment that shines a light on women from the Walt Disney Company's past and present. In 2018, Jennifer Lee ventured into the unknown becoming the very first female chief creative officer of Walt Disney Animation Studios. But this wasn't the first barrier broken. Lee was also the first female director of a Walt Disney Animation Studios feature film, bringing us Frozen in 2013. Born in 1971, Jennifer Lee had an interesting journey to the Walt Disney Company. She earned her bachelor's degree in English, and upon graduation, she worked as a graphic designer in publishing at Random House. Soon after, she found her passion in film and began work in live-action productions. In 2011, a former Columbia classmate invited Lee to join him at Disney to assist in writing Wreck-It Ralph. What was originally supposed to be an eight-week commitment soon grew into a full-time position. After seeing Wreck-It Ralph through to completion, she began working with Chris Buck as well as songwriters Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez on Frozen. Winning two Oscars and bringing in over $1.3 billion worldwide, 
Lee calls Frozen a story about wild and wonderful girls, and we are thrilled to see her at the helm of the Disney Animation Studios now, not only bringing us Frozen 2, but spearheading diversity initiatives like Disney's Short Circuit program that will allow for more varied perspectives in the writing rooms and increase diversity in future film directors. Outside of Wreck-It Ralph and Frozen, Lee has been involved in the production of Big Hero 6, Frozen Fever, Zootopia, Moana, A Wrinkle in Time, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. We can't wait to see what the future holds with Raya in The Last Dragon, slated for a November 2020 release. In the meantime, Frozen 2 is now in theaters nationwide. Jennifer Lee has been quoted saying, Emma Thompson is one of my heroes. I told her how inspiring she was, and she said, Darling, Angela Lansbury inspired me, and I've inspired you, and now you have to pass that on. Elastigirl said it best, leave the saving of the world to the men? I don't think so. We can handle this. Have a nice day. And happy Thanksgiving from me and all of us here at Diz Radio.
didn't get the fellowship. There are other places to practice medicine. One Manhattan doctor's life is about to go south. Mom, I moved to Alabama. Mom, are you there? Deep South. Whoa. You are just so pretty. They're meaner than they look. Dixie with my butt. This fall. All towns have their perks, huh? Rachel Bilson. I believe I could do some good here. Heart of Dixie. Coming this fall to the CW. Lights. Camera. Action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you listeners out there, you tuned in for another magical installment here at Diz Radio, the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you magic and memories from movies, television, Broadway, you name it, somebody that's no stranger to any of those things. With us here this week is somebody that you may know from a variety of different television shows like Raising Hope, as well as a little one out there that all of you have a cult following, Heart of Dixie, as well as being part of improv and so much more. We have none other than Caitlin Black here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Hi! Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your resume continues to impress. Part of so many different things, you know, on Broadway, writing, I mean, act, you name it. So the one thing I always love to start off with, because it inspires everybody, is what led you down this road of wanting to pursue this as a career? Um, I was fortunate enough that my grandmother owned a dance studio in Cleveland, Ohio, for over 50 years, so uh, and my mother was a dancer, and so I grew up dancing, which then kind of led me into musical theater, uh, and then unfortunately I had a back injury and had to kind of put the dancing aside, um, and so I focused my attention on acting, came to New York, and was a part of a web series in 2006 before anybody knew what a web series was, and um, that allowed me to have a lot of footage, and then took me to L.A. to pursue television and film. Well, you know, and it's one of those things where you never know where it's going to lead you, from Ohio, New York, California, and, of course, the one thing that I know everybody's going to ask about, and I'm sure you get asked about a lot, is, of course, Heart of Dixie, which so many people are so upset that that show ever got canceled. How did you land that role of being on there and, of course, trying to portray, you know, this Southern Belle growing up in Ohio? Yeah, um, I was fortunate enough. I was actually first brought in uh, to read for the role of Lemon. And they had already had an offer to Jamie King, but this is something that they often do in Hollywood that they might throw out a couple of offers, um, but they're still going to have auditions in the process. And Jamie, of course, accepted. And um, they were like, well, we'll definitely bring you back. And, you know, you hope that that is true. But, you you know, you don't want to hold your breath for it. And they brought me back for this uh, role, Annabeth, that was just supposed to be a two-episode recurring. And the first episode, I don't even speak. It's all physical comedy. And the second episode, I have, like, a little monologue. And slowly they realized that, you know, Lemon needed to have a confidant. And Jamie and I worked very well together. And so I was, you know, brought back more and more. And, you know, at the end of scenes, I would sometimes ad-lib and add something that I thought was very Annabeth-esque, which the editors often would keep in. And so my my part just kind of grew and grew. And um, and then eventually, season three, they um, offered me the series regular contract. And it was just, it was so nice to have seen such a, like, a small role and that I was able to build it up and, and create a place 
for myself and, and such a great um, TV family. Uh, I was very lucky. Well, you know, and with that too, because her character continued to grow and evolve and everybody fell in love with her, you know, that to the point where she became, you know, series regular, of course, and it became just second nature to, you, you know, hear her name rambled off throughout the series. What was it like then knowing like, all right, there's a fan base for this. And how often did you go out on the streets and people started recognizing you instantly? And they're like, Annabeth. <laughs> um, it didn't happen that often just because uh, I, I'm pretty low key. I don't wear a lot of makeup. I'm more of a jeans and t-shirt kind of gal. And, you know, Annabeth is like full face makeup, uh, false eyelashes, big hair, and usually in like <laughs> some stunning outfit that's accessorized to the max. So it, it was rare that I would get recognized. Um, but occasionally it would happen and it actually happened. My favorite place, my favorite story is I was actually in France. Um, touring Versailles, and I was walking along, and someone started shouting Annabeth, Annabeth, and I was—it was—it was just really kind of amazing to see how far the reach of Heart of Dixie was, um, and that we just had an enormous fan base, and even more so now that it's on Netflix. You know, it's—we've gained all of these new fans, um, and there's a, an actual petition going around, like to bring Heart of Dixie back, which. I know I would be uh, completely on board for, so um, <laughs> we just got to get everybody else uh, <laughs> to say yes, <laughs> mainly the people that uh, provide the money. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, with that too, then, you know, because like you said, now with it being on Netflix, you know, people binge watch and they're like, why was this ever canceled? You know, it's just one of those situations where they're like, right away, you got this new instant fan base, people who rediscovered it again. Now, when you're portraying the role, like you said, you're very different than her. How did you come up with the accent? <laughs> um, Southern accents are, are definitely are um, the easiest for me. Um, I've had to work on, on other accents. Um, but because she was a belle and I have a, a fairly lower register voice, I knew I had to pitch it up, but, you know, like a, an octave or two, just from her description that, you know, she was the Southern Belle. She was, and I knew the pilot from going in for um, the Lemon Breland role. So I, I, I knew I had to, to take my voice up at least an octave. And she's a fast talker, and you know, Alabama doesn't have the same kind of drawl. It's a little bit more uh, twangy than, like, say, Georgia. Um, and I just had fun with it. And I think you can actually tell. I think my voice gets a little bit higher throughout the season, <laughs> which was not <laughs> intentional. Um, but, you know, it, it became, it's like second nature. Uh, you know, you'd walk into the makeup trailer and you'd start, I'd start talking like that to kind of like get into it. Oftentimes when I would be wrapped on set and if I answered my, if someone called me and I answered my phone, I would answer in a southern accent. Um, uh, but recently I was doing like a live Instagram post and someone said, can you talk, can you say some things like Annabeth? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't remember how she sounds. It's been so long. And I tried and I'm not sure if I, I hit it or not, but it, it, it's been a long time since I've, uh, 
I've uh, channeled her, so, but I, I, she's in there somewhere. Now, you you were part of the series, you know, I mean, you know, early on, season one, you know, and the part continued to grow. But over that then, was everybody like one big family? And do you have any episodes that were your absolute favorite to film, whether that's things we may never see that were off camera and it was just a great day on set or something that you you look back and you watch it and you're like, wow, that's like a photo album just capturing that moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that the episode where Annabeth and Levon um, share their first kiss was very special to me. I loved working with Chris. He was so wonderful. Um, and it was my first on-screen kiss, so I was very nervous about it. <laughs> and, um, you know, he just kind of, like, talked me through it and um, made me feel very comfortable. But that was definitely one of those days where I was like, okay, today's the day. And I can't imagine people that have to do, like, sexier scenes than that, because I was already nervous just to do a kissing scene. Um so that was that was great, and then the episode where um, Cricket, Lemon, and I we all go to uh, the I can't think of it the cabin uh, on the lake, and we were all like in inner tubes. It was perfect because it was so hot that day, and I just remember us like just enjoying um, just like waiting around and in the um, in the lake in our our makeshift lake. Uh, that was really great, and then of course. The the season or series finale um, with the dance and uh, the song and it was just I was all very special there there were moments in every single episode that were definitely special and fun my mom got to come on set um, and see some stuff so that was really um, special for me I think she was there for season two uh, for one of our many parades like a Founders Day parade. <laughs> One of our things where we put on costumes and we're ridiculous. Uh, but it, it is it's such a great, heartwarming show, and it's easy to watch, and I think it's such a great de-stressor, and I think that's why it has such a broad appeal to so many people that you can kind of sit down relax and like fall into bluebell you know definitely you know and it's one of those things that i personally can relate to just because i moved from you know a larger big city with all my children to a small town and when you say the many parades the all those things that is the epitome of where i live now with my family oh my gosh that's great there's a lot of people that often were like is Bluebell real? And I was like, it's real somewhere. It might not be called Bluebell, but it's definitely real. It was pulled from uh, uh, some type of reality. <laughs> now, you know, before we move on from Heart of Dixie, of course, because, you know, there is the fan base with that. But, you know, you said you had your first on-screen kiss. But then, you know, you went on to have a variety of boyfriends on there and then, you know, kind of moved around. What was it like realizing, all right, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be with LaVon. And now I've moved on to, you know, all right, a couple other people and then this person and that person. <laughs> After a while, did that, did that fear kind of go away? Because you're like, all right, well, now I'm just going to have to do this a few times. Yeah. I mean, you, you start to get a little bit more comfortable. And um, you, you also, you know, every every person that was involved as a guest star, post star, recurring, uh, were, were just wonderful. I mean, our casting um, office was, was fantastic. And I remember, like, Barry Watson from Seventh Heaven, uh, played by a boyfriend and actually proposed when the, and he was this, I don't know, something caught on fire and the, the sprinklers came on. Um, but I was very, I was very, not nervous, but kind of like, 
I used to watch Seventh Heaven all the time, and now you're my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was crazy and fun. But, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's always fun to shake it up. You know, I, I think it's always interesting to see um, what the next episode's going to bring and what kind of antics I'm going to get into. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, there was a p- portion of my time on Hardy Dixie that I was single, so it was very nice to have, you know, many boyfriends to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> with that, too, then, uh, you know, as we close out Heart of Dixie, I guess with the uh, series finale. Now, because the fourth season was about half the episodes, you know, I, I think it was one of those things where did they just write that last episode? Like, we have to tie up the loose ends. We can't just let it end. Yeah, I think they knew that they were going to, they wanted to tie it up um, because Rachel was due, like, at the end of October and so we didn't I think we started shooting in July so we only did the 10 episodes for the fourth season because (laughs) there was a baby on the way um so they they were prepared for that but there was a lot of buzz I have to say in January um that they were thinking about bringing us back after we aired and our numbers were really good and um you know there was some there was some talk on out at Warner Brothers about whether we were coming back or not and um, but unfortunately it didn't happen. There was I, a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm not privy to that I'm not privy to. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they've, uh, they brought back Gilmore Girls and Veronica Mars. So there's no reason that they couldn't bring back Heart of Dixie for, you know, a little wrap up 10 years later kind of a thing. Definitely. Now, you know, aside from Heart of Dixie, the big fan base that it has and all of that, of course, you had a chance to, you know, work with some improv. Completely different, you know, a lot less staged and scripted and you're just, you know, on a whim. What is it like going out there, doing improv and having to, you know, pretty much just use whatever is being thrown at you? Um, well, do, uh, the improv that I did was a, was a part of the, the off-Broadway show that I was in, which was um, Hashtag Date Me and OkCupid Experiment. And uh, I had maybe taken a handful of classes at UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade in L.A., maybe seven years ago, um, maybe even ten years ago when I first moved to Los Angeles. And I hadn't done improv since. And so... The first week of our rehearsal for the show, um, our, the first four hours of rehearsal, we were learning improv, doing, like, all of the games, trust exercises, um, and it was very overwhelming because we also had a scripted show. So you're learning lines, you're learning blocking, and then on top of that, you are being thrown, you know, these, you know, crazy kind of situations because we would close the first act with an improv where we would pick uh, two people in the audience that were single to try to match them up, and we would use the the six things that they can't live without and what they did for a living and what they're looking for a partner, and we would uh, play off of that. But then we also would do a second improv in the middle of the second act um, about a bad date or an unusual bad date that we would then turn into a uh, trailer for a horror movie. Um, so it, it was great and I loved the fact that every show was different because of it. But when you do an eight show a week and a new show almost every time, um, by Monday, cause we would have a five show weekend, one show Friday, two show Saturday, two show Sunday, and then Monday, and then Tuesday off Monday, I feel like everybody's brains were just fried. We were just so. <laughs> 
we so needed that day off to just reboot and um, <laughs> create more brain matter to help us through. But it was incredible. I mean, I learned so much, and uh, I don't think I've ever been closer to a cast because of how much we had to lean on each other and trust each other, um, you know, just passing the ball back and forth. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, honestly. Now, with the improv, too, like that, like you said, you know, having to reboot and recharge, was there ever a time where you're up there and you're just, like, all of a sudden drawing a blank and you're like, I, we don't, I don't even know where to go with this? I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you have those moments, and so you kind of just, you go with it and hope that somebody else has an idea, and usually five, since there's five other people on the stage, somebody will have something, um, and you just got to yes and uh, everything. Um, but, yeah, there there were times where I, I didn't, you know, sometimes I just had to play it straight. Like, I, there was nothing I, that I could think of immediately that was, you know, funny and hysterical. So sometimes you just have to play the truth, um, and that will lead you to the funny. So um, I, I learned so much from Frank Cayetti and from Robin Lenore, um and Chris Alvarado. Just they're incredible improvisers, and we just we had the best time. Very cool. Now, I guess aside from just all right, yeah, improv, television, all kinds of fun. Now, of course, you're also writing as well. So you're just like hitting all all different cylinders here. Is writing something you always loved? And can you elaborate a little bit more about what all that's about? Sure. Um, I, you know, I think when I was little, I liked to write, but I, it was just like, I don't know, like mysterious stories. I can't remember a lot of them, but I never really considered myself a writer and um, was never really going uh, towards that. But, you know, after Heart of Dixie ended and I was I was doing a lot of like kind of like bad guys or more dramatic roles, a lot of Lifetime movies some NCISs, and, uh, which was great, and I'm, you know, always appreciative to work. But I really wanted to get back into comedy, and so my, you know, my agent, my manager, are like, oh, well, you should really be a part of a sketch or something, and, you know, so I put it into, like, the Facebook ether. If anybody's doing a sketch, let me know, and you need somebody, and nothing was happening from it. So I um, had this idea with a friend uh, about, a relationship deli where you go to order a relationship like you would a sandwich, but all the good ingredients are taken. And I created that with Kelly Bruman, and then we shot um, the sketch, which basically turned into this four-minute short, um, which has gone to nine festivals. We won three different awards from it. I'm incredibly proud of it. Um, and then we just recently um, put out the sequel to that, which is kind of the male version of Relationship Deli, which is Pick a Chick Bar. Um, and <laughs> Kelly and I are in drag. We play men. And then I'm currently writing Couples Cafe, where it's, it's couples seeking other couples as friends, kind of like doing that friend group and how do you get along and, you know, what stuff do you like. And then I'm also working on a, a dramatic short right now um, that's kind of up in the air, and I'm toying with the idea of, of doing some stand-up. So... I'm a little all over the place right now, but I think I think keeping busy and staying creative um, it is such a key uh, a, a key thing to do when you aren't working. You you got to you got to continue to 
push yourself to do something every day, you know, whether it's write something or watch something that you think is going to be beneficial. Um, because you, I know I can definitely get stuck in a rut and kind of do like the, oh, woe is me. And it's like, well, what am I doing to, to promote or benefit, uh, my career? How, what am I doing besides sitting on the couch? You know, you got to get up, you got to write, you got to, you got to <laughs> work out, you got to do stuff. So that's what I'm doing right now. Well, and like I said, you're hitting on all cylinders, too. So writing, keeping busy, like you said, you have to keep the imagination going, the skill going, and whatnot. And, you know, you never know where the next thing is going to hit, doing stand-up comedy, or you, you never know. You may end up being the next Disney princess having to put on the dresses all over again. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I also love, I, what I really love to do is get into some voiceover um, acting. I think that 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 sounds like a great job because you can go to work in your pajamas and stand <laughs> behind a microphone and voice a fun character. I, that would be a, a dream. I would love to do that. So, you know, yeah, you never know where your life is going to lead you. I never thought I was going to write, let alone write a short that has gotten nine and a half million views over social media. So that was... Um, that like one of the most incredible things. Very cool. Well, we know you're busy, you know, there's so many different things going on and of course all over the board. So you're constantly working, super busy. So I guess with that, in closing, for all of your fans whose lives you touched with the new shorts, everyone who's been watching that, just, you know, laughing, rolling over all that, all of your fans from Heart of Dixie, as well as everything else you've been part of, I guess, do you have any final words you'd like to leave out there for anybody listening in? Um, That I love what I do and I do it for them. There is nothing better than bringing joy to somebody's life. It, it, it's truly one of the most, I think, miraculous experiences. And, and acting is a way of touching someone when they're feeling down or when they're feeling lonely. And you're able to kind of escape into a world. And for the people that I brought joy or maybe even like, oh, I didn't like that character, but I, you felt something, then I did my job. And that's to me, is the greatest gift. So thank you. Thank you for following me. Thank you for being a fan. Um, you make my life more meaningful. Very cool. It was our pleasure having you stop in. Definitely wish you the best of success with everything else going on and looking forward to the next short, of course. Uh, you know, so, so many different things going on. Like I said, we might even hear your voice then someday. Disney princess, who knows? But thank you once again, Caitlin, for stopping in, chatting with us. And uh, I hope we're going to be seeing a lot more of you come 2020. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you TBD Hart Kinsella. We haven't been able to agree on a name yet. <laughs> All right, full 360, check him out. That's my boy. <laughs> we worked on that song, manager. It's our baby gift. Ain't no gift like the present tense. Ain't no love like an old romance. Join in, everyone. Got to make hay when the sun is shining. Can't waste time when it comes time to dance. With you, my baby, we begin. You and my side is an easy win. Keeping in touch with the windows down. Missing you so when you're not around. Along with the heart, 
kingdom is not safe. Find who is calling to you. They may have answers. Go north, across the enchanted lands, and into the unknown. We do this together, okay? Be careful. The spirits will challenge you every step of the way. Yeah, I just find clothes restricting. Somebody's calling us. Who is it? Should I know what that means? The giants, they're huge. Try not to scream. Magic is very alluring. Without you, she may lose herself to it. I believe in you, Elsa, more than anyone or anything. Anyone can save Arendelle. It's you. How do you guys cope with the ever-increasing complexity of thought that comes with maturity? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you. I, you don't know what I stepped in. How do you do, D-Heads? It's Chaz back with another magical music review. A few housekeeping things before I get started, though, today. It is super windy out where I live right now, so if it sounds like my house is about to blow down, I promise you it's not. It's just the wind. On the other hand, I have my wife here with me today. Her name is Taylor. Um, the reason she's here with me today is because the Frozen 2 soundtrack has come out, and she's been listening to that like a crazy person since it came out, like, listening to nothing else, it seems. Um, so, I figured who better to talk about Frozen 2 with than my wife, since she's been listening about the soundtrack for goodness knows how long now. <laughs> so, babe, what, what, uh, what do you think about the soundtrack? I love the soundtrack. All the music together sounds so awesome, and I love that they played with a couple different types of songs. Um, so they added an 80s ballad uh, with Kristoff. What do you mean like an 80s ballad? It's got... It's this... 2019, baby. <laughs> <laughs> They've got this sweet guitar intro for one of Kristoff's songs and it just turned out really cool and um, probably one of my favorite tracks on, on the whole album is Elsa's, the song titled Into the Unknown and at the beginning of the song She's trying to tune out this siren singing to her, and then by the end of the song, she's ready to take on this adventure and follow into the unknown, so to say. <laughs> we, we still haven't seen the film. We're actually going to head out the door right after we're done recording and go watch it so it will no longer be unknown, but... <laughs> but uh, back to the Kristoff Chris, song, uh, I've obviously overheard it many times since you've been listening to it and it's one of my favorites because Disney has a tendency to give men these traveling songs or these songs of just like they know what's going on and like it's these heroic songs and it's kind of a change of pace with Kristoff in this time because it's uh, Lost in the Woods and he's very unsure of himself he's very emotionally he, he wants it's heart-wrenching. He wants to know what's going on, and it's it's a change of pace. It's typically a, a, a song that you would hear Disney write for a princess or or the the 
the person that needs rescuing in the movies, and they've given it to this strong male lead, and it's fantastic. And then on top of that, they have Weezer doing a cover of it in the uh, the end credits, and they got a bunch of awesome bands. Well, not a bunch. They got three awesome um, covers for the end credits by Panic at the Disco, which is a Las Vegas band that, you know, we live in Las Vegas, so we have some connection to them a little bit because they come from the same town that we do, and Casey Musgraves with All Is Found and Weezer with Lost in the Woods, so... And Casey Musgraves is actually a country artist, which I was really surprised they asked her to do it, but she did a really, really great job. Yeah, full disclosure, my wife listens to country almost all the time other than, you know, Taylor Swift and Disney music, so... (laughs) And Taylor Swift was a country artist to begin with, too. What was your favorite thing about these, uh, the soundtrack, babe? I think my favorite thing about it is each song is so different. Um, like, Some Things Never Change was so happy and like, and it's got a different beat into the unknown. It's kind of leading into the adventure. Uh, the When I Am Older song uh, from Olaf was really funny and comical. And then you've got the more serious songs like Lost in the Woods and The Next Right Thing. So I just love the different emotions each song gave to us throughout the soundtrack. And the the thing I like the most about the soundtrack is that the original, the the writer writing duo, the the husband and wife team, Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez from the first film, along with Christoph Beck, are all back producing music. So the music continues and has the same feel from the first film because the ones that wrote the first songs in the first film are back doing this and so that's awesome that disney brought them back after you know um anderson lopez and robert lopez both won uh oscars for their work in the the original score that's fantastic so but do you have anything else you want to say about it babe I would also definitely recommend checking out the outtake songs on the deluxe album because those ones also turned out very good, but they're just not in the movie. Um, probably my favorite from the outtakes is going to be either the song entitled Home, which Anna sings, or I Seek the Truth is what it's called. Um, I'm Since I haven't seen the movie, I'm not sure where it would fit in um, or who really sings it, but it, it's a really powerful song. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, I haven't listened to the, the deluxe soundtrack. <laughs> my, my wife, like I said, has been listening to this nonstop since she's gotten her hands on it. So I have no comments on that. But I do love that they bring in a uh, kind of traditional sense with Norwegian sounds and then also give it a more uh, contemporary feeling with the instruments that they use. So I guess with that, <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to call this one good and scuttle off to go see that movie so if you have any comments questions or concerns you can reach out to me at chaz at disradio.com that's c-h-a-z at disradio.com and uh other than that don't just fly soar This will all make sense when I am older. 
Someday I will see that this makes sense One day when I'm old and wise I'll think back and realize That these were all completely normal events I'll have all the answers when I'm older Like why we're in this dark enchanted wood I know in a couple years These will seem like childish fears So I know this isn't bad, it's good Excuse me Growing up means adapting Puzzling out your world and your place When I'm more mature I'll feel totally secure Being watched by something with a creepy, creepy face Or tense. I'll just dream about a time when I'm in my aged prime. Cause when you're older, absolutely everything makes sense. This is fine. The grand prize was Trooper. Their dealings with dressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. And now, the mouse we're all thankful for, Mickey Mouse! Yay! Yay! I bid thee welcome to the House of Mouse Thanksgiving! Today, we've got a cornucopia of cartoons and our special guest, the turkey! Bring on the bird! Thank goodness for the turkey! John Smith and the Colors of the Wind. Check. Right now, let's give thanks for the music of Plymouth Rock. Why, oh, it's great to see you again, pal. Gee, we're really thankful you chose to be with us on Thanksgiving. No, it is I who must give thanks to you for allowing me to show the world I am more than a big fat bird who gets chased around once a year and goes gobble. Now on Diz Radio, it's Randy, giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Randy has you covered, giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on DizRadio.com. Hey D-Heads, just when you thought you couldn't get enough of Disney's Frozen 2 hype, which is now playing in theaters, you can get a chance to explore Arendelle on your mobile devices. The makers of Jam City and Disney are collaborating together to bring a multi-year deal to bring all new games and adventures to your devices. Not only Disney Frozen Adventures will be the first gaming title to be created, but many other Disney and Pixar characters will be developed as well too. Now with the team up with Jam City and Disney, they are bringing their first mobile gaming title. It is called Disney's Frozen Adventures. It's a dynamic and captivating new puzzle matching adventure game where it invites you to design and decorate Arendelle Castle. Players will join Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, Sven, and Olaf as they explore the kingdom, customize the castle, and immerse themselves in a new and familiar location throughout Arendelle and beyond. Disney's Frozen Adventures is now available on Android and iOS devices. You can download them over at the Google Play and as well Apple's App Store. 
You can also find more information about this game over at FrozenAdventuresGame.com. That's all in one word, no space, FrozenAdventuresGame.com. What's your thoughts, D-Heads? Are you tired of Frozen and Let It Go from your memory? Or are you still thinking all those catchy tunes from the previous movie? Oh, and as well, are you guys going to be uh, watching the movie? Or are you going to wait for uh, a couple weeks just to see it later? I'm curious about your, your thoughts about the movie. It looks very exciting. And as well with all these new mobile gaming devices that's coming and new stories from Jam City. I'm looking very forward to see what they have in store. And of course, be sure to tune in to this radio to hear all the latest feedback and latest news on these fun multimedia experiences. Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, guys, have a great Thanksgiving holiday. See you next time. It doesn't matter if it's large or small. It doesn't matter what the color is at all. A gift you'd find inside a store high on a shelf. Or something simple that you made all by yourself It could be plainly wrapped or trimmed with silver bows A huge bouquet or a single rose What matters from the start The most important part A gift should come from the heart The smallest gift can seem just like a dream come true And why it's special is because it comes from you What makes the difference is the feeling and the thought For that's a gift that can't be bought What matters from the start The Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, LVD heads. So I am back, and I hope you enjoyed our Thanksgiving edition here at the show. We truly are thankful for many things here at Diz Radio. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Caitlin Black for stopping in, chatting with us, and so many other things. I am excited to see what the future holds for you, especially in 2020. And maybe we will get that Heart of Dixie revival. You never know. So thank you, Caitlin, once again for stopping in and celebrating the holidays with us here at Diz Radio. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Dominic, Randy, Frank, 
Caitlin, and Charles all stopping in with your signature segments. Without you, there would be no show. And without you, there'd be no Thanksgiving, no D-Team, no things to be thankful for. So thank you and all the D-Team that couldn't be here this week. You truly do make the show happen. And most of all, the biggest thing we're thankful for here at the show is all of you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we come back every single week. You are the reason that we are truly thankful this holiday season to have all of you tuning in every single week here at the show for the last 10 years. Thank you, the D-Heads. You truly are the backbone, the spirit, and the love behind Diz Radio. Now, next week, we kick into our very Merry Christmas celebration, where all month long, we're going to have all kinds of Christmas fun, holiday treats, and all kinds of great things here at Diz Radio as we are celebrating our ninth annual Very Merry Christmas celebration. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in to kick off the celebration, and trust me, you're going to want to hear this one, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. Yes, that's D-I-Z Radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical, different kind of Disney show, and definitely just in time for the holidays. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait to hear the show every single week as it gets released. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our show. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released to listen to on your iPhone, your Android, the device of your choosing. And remember, if you can't remember any of this, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And there you can find all these links there as well. So all of you D-heads, as I said, next week we are kicking off our very Merry Christmas celebration, the ninth annual event here at Diz Radio, our ninth annual Very Merry Christmas celebration. And to clue you in, all I'm going to say is we might celebrate a little bit of Life Day. We might celebrate a little bit of bounty hunting. And we might celebrate a little bit of magical streaming services. I'm going to leave it at that. So until next week, all of you D-heads, as I always say, there are so many different things to be thankful for. From friends, family, jobs, ups and downs in life, you name it, we are all here to help you pull through. And be thankful for all those things, those little moments, those little magic in your life. And you can always make money. You can't always make memories. Remember that at this Thanksgiving table, at this Thanksgiving feast here this week. Those are truly words to live by. So go out there, celebrate the holidays, have a fantastic Thanksgiving, and remember all the different blessings, no matter how big, how small. We are all truly thankful for something, and I'm thankful for you, all the D-heads as well. Until next week, all VD heads, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving feast, family fair.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.